WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at three o'clock in the afternoon. Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, here's what's happened so far. Um, We've talked to you, Soup. Solid win against Cordell last Saturday. Sluggish start, strong finish. Won it going away by 15. We've... uh, talked about Lewis Orr passed away sadly at the age of 64 last Friday after a, a very a quiet private battle with cancer I've had a lot of people call in with their memories of Lewis and played back Jim Beheim's emotional memories of Lewis we've given away four tickets to the Pittsburgh game tomorrow night for knowing that while the Orange are playing Pitt the team that plays in the pit is in fact now the former employer of Syracuse's newest defensive coordinator one Rocky Long and we've reviewed our weekend picks, which went better than previous weeks. And on top of that, uh, we're eating a lot of cookies. There's a office cookie competition going on today. I'm, I'm beginning to get full, and we, we still have uh, an hour of the show left, so that may be poor planning. Uh, but uh, now let's uh, head to the phone lines. Uh, Charlie Carroll joining us from The Athletic Talking Giants. Charlotte, I don't know if you just heard, we, we have a cookie. We've got a holiday cookie competition going on. So if I, if I pass out from like a sugar rush this segment, uh, you'll know why. You and me both. I'm running on three hours of sleep after last night's game, so thanks for having me on, and I need a cookie rush at this point to stay awake. uh, Charlotte needs the cookies because she and uh, Dan Duggan had full coverage on the Athletic of the uh, the Giants game last night, and man, I don't know if it quite had the twists and turns of some of the other NFL games uh, this weekend, which were wild, but in many, many ways, this may have been the, the most important result in the league uh, yesterday, uh, Charlotte, when you look at how, uh, certainly for the Giants in Washington, you know, future playoff chances have swung. Uh, the Giants hung on. We'll talk about how they did it, but it, it looks like they're not guaranteed anything, but they're a strong favorite to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, with Seattle's results uh, on Thursday, that definitely helped the Giants' chances of getting into the playoffs, but winning yesterday was huge for them and just kind of getting over that division foe and and upping those chances a lot more than they were before going into that game. So uh, that's a huge win for Giants' first playoff chance since 2016. Yeah, the numbers I saw is their their chances are now 87% to make the playoffs, and conversely, the team that lost the game is Washington. Their numbers dropped to 43, and obviously, you know, if Seattle had... Uh, one uh, earlier this week, uh, the numbers would be certainly even worse for the team that had lost uh, the game yesterday. So the Giants in decent position right now, and uh, not without some controversy. I don't know if Giants fans care that much, but there certainly was some uh, yesterday. Charlotte with the last play of the game, which was not called pass interference, uh, with a couple of plays before that, with the uh, illegal formation called on Terry McLaurin, and then that two-point penalty earlier in the game, which took points off the board uh, for Washington. That, it was an interesting game last night when it came to calls that favored the Giants. Yeah, no, I think uh, Giants fans were happy based on uh, they're probably thinking, oh, it's our turn now after the last commander's meeting where the uh, 
John Feliciano got that taunting penalty. There was a offsides, I believe, on Dexter Lawrence, too. So the fans are kind of like, well, it all evens out. Um, so, but obviously, Commanders fans are not happy with that result. Giants fans are kind of, or Giants players and personnel. I didn't get a chance to speak with Darnay Holmes, who had that uh, crucial, could have been a, a maybe holding pen or pass interference penalty. But, um, yeah, no, Dable was asked about it today, actually, and uh, the controversy and, and kind of where that's gone. And he's, you know, just kind of like it's the nature of the league. Officials have a tough job to do. So Giants are gonna, aren't going to say anything too crazy on that one. Uh, no, and uh, it's, in the NFL, you don't give them back. <laughs> no, no. You, you, you get the <laughs> you win. You take what you can get. <laughs> uh, no, and the, hey, you know, there's no guarantee the Giants would have lost the game because of that. that there's still a lot would have had to happen. After that point, with another two-point play in the the whole thing, but the Giants end up uh, winning it last night, uh, twenty to twelve. And you know they they did it. Setting aside that stuff, they did it with a formula that, that's worked all year. It's defense. It's Saquon. Uh, Daniel Jones making a a couple of key throws. Uh, let's start with Kayvon Thibodeau, though. Uh, man, I don't know if it was a coming out Barley uh, Charlotte because he's been playing well of late, but this felt like last night was Kayvon announcing that okay, I, I got a chance to not only be good, but I, I got a chance to be a star in this league. Yeah, he spoke with reporters earlier this week, and he was asked if he likes primetime, and he had this now iconic quote saying, primetime likes me. So you can't say you can't say something like that and, and not back it up. Otherwise, you're going to get pounded by the New York media. Luckily for him, he really backed that up. He started strong. He finished with 12 tackles, and he had a crucial sack strip, recover the, the ball, and get the touchdown. Um, so he was just on fire last night and he's got such a personality where he was really fun to talk with after the game and just really living up to that prime time, that quote and, and just a quote machine. Uh, you know, it's Charlotte and you know, New- everywhere does to some extent, but New York more than anywhere, like New York city loves a star. And yes. I mean, you go back, I'd say the last star the giants had would have been Odell, at least with the guy that had the glitz and the glamour and, and all that. You go back before that Strahan was a kind of a guy uh, like that in, in many ways, LT going way back. There have been these guys throughout franchise history, and you, you got to live up to the play on the field, though. Like uh, New York fans don't—they don't got time for somebody that's you know talking the talk but not walking the walk. It, how important it would be for the franchise, you know, if Kayvon can, you know, can handle both sides of the, if he can be that player and and be a star to to put New York that put the Giants back kind of in the headlines in New York City. Definitely. I think you look at someone, Giants have Saquon Barkley, obviously. Barkley hasn't made the splash of like Odell with, with what carries off the field. But given that Barkley's contract situation is up in the air, who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, it's kind of good that they have someone out new and, and young kind of starting to follow those footsteps of marketable and very with it with deals and, and things like that. And he's just a face and a recognizable name. People love to see what he's doing. So obviously Saquon's been the face of this franchise, and that's very possible that that will continue. I don't think they'd like to lose him. But it's still, like you mentioned, it's good to have that star power kind of waiting in the wings almost. Yeah, especially, you know, just Giants history. Like having a guy like him on the defensive line, like that that tracks Bell well. You, yeah. Straight, straight, no. I mean, I realize LT was a linebacker, but like, like there's been 50 years of that guy with the Giants. Yeah, no, I mean, looking back, I did a story on Aziz and uh, Kayvon last week, excuse me, I already losing track of time, Mm -hmm. Um, but you look at 
the history of this franchise and how important it is to have a strong D-line and especially like a strong pass rushing duo. And Kayvon and Aziz are, are right up there. And that starts a lot with Kayvon too and, and Aziz and, and just that star power with, with Kayvon. Yeah, I mean, the play he made, you said it, the, the strip sack fumble recovery, like the agility he had to realize where the ball went and beat everybody through it. Like, there's not a lot of guys uh, walking the NFL that could uh, make a play like he made uh, there to get the Giants' first touchdown of the game. As uh, Charlotte Carroll from The Athletic is our guest here, talking about the Giants' win over Washington uh, last night. Not to clinch anything, but put the Giants in strong playoff position. Uh, you know, the other part of that game that stands out, it was a very lengthy part because it was 18 plays. It was 97 yards. It took up nearly nine minutes of the second quarter. Uh, what do you think that drive kind of said about the Giants, how they go about things and, you know, where they're at this season? That, that felt like uh, the statement of what their offense is right now. Yeah, no, I mean, Daniel Jones didn't have any kind of crazy standout plays the rest of the game, but that drive really was the best of his season. And it's really interesting. This was my first trip down to Washington, so first time at FedEx Field. And the media seating, as I'm sure you've heard from other reporters, isn't great. You might have a, a thing block in your view. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky. I actually had a view of the field. Um, and the way you're seated is almost back in the end zone. So you could really see almost that all-22 angle um, of where Daniel was really threading the needle with his passes. And it was just really impressive to see from that point of view just how tightly he was he was getting those in and getting to his receiver in a way that you don't really see from the normal sideline perspective. So that was the most impressive for me of that drive and just how consistent he was and he was able to do and, and take a stand in that critical moment to really put some points in, on the board and, and add a little separation against a division foe. Yeah, I mean, with, with Daniel here recently, you know, he's been doing what he does, but he, he's been taking more deep shots, to especially Darius Slayton. That, that was not there. Uh, last mm-hmm. night. I mean, his biggest play, what, was a nine-yard throw on that fourth down. But it, it feels like, Charlotte, you know, if the Giants go on to make the playoffs, yesterday may end up being the most important game of the last month of the season to get them there. Like, that throw may stand out as uh, the most important throw he makes all year. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that fourth and nine situation was crazy. But uh, you look at this team, that win was just huge for kind of like a confidence boost. Not that this team would like admit to losing confidence. And I don't think they have. It's all about the next game mentality, but you can't deny how big of a win that is for this group. And just not only for playoff chances, but also just kind of snapping that losing streak that it won since the Texans. So it's big. No one wants a tie. So this was a good win for the team. Uh, yeah. And it felt like uh, many ways, you know, if the Washington scores there and maybe, there's overtime. There might have been another tie in their future, but the, the flags or lack of flags went the Giants way down the stretch. Charlotte Carroll from The Athletic, our guest here, talking about the Giants' win last night on Sunday night football against Washington. Uh, you know, Giants sitting now in the sixth seed if it ends today, and a, a game up on Washington who's in the seven right now with the Lions and Seahawks trying to get in the mix. But Saquon, what do you think about his game last night? 87 yards on the ground. It's not crazy. 33 yards catch on the ball, but it looked a little bit more, didn't it, I feel like, early season Saquon yesterday than we've seen maybe the last month or so. Yeah, you saw a little bit of juice, especially when he broke those ankles um, on the commander's opponent. Mm-hmm. He Saquon had told us this week he had one of his best practices, and you could just see when he was talking with reporters, he just felt, I don't know if 
confident is the word, but just more at ease. And like, he knew like he was up for something big this weekend. Like he knew he felt he was going to have a good game. He didn't have like crazy, crazy numbers. Um, I need the statue off the top of my head, like not that crazy touchdown run or anything, but he sealed the game for the Giants at a very important moment on that last uh, or second to last offensive drive for the, the Giants and how big of a moment that was just to put some distance, run down the clock a little, um, make sure that the commanders didn't get the ball back. And that's the kind of stuff you expect from him. And he, there's those runs, breaking tackles. He looked akin to, to who he was the first half of the season. Well, looking down the stretch here, three games left at the Vikings uh, this week, and that game is on uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve, then uh, against the Colts next week, and then at the Eagles, who may or may not have anything at all to play for in, in the final game of the season. What, what do you make of this last stretch, Charlotte? Do, do you think they just need the one game? Do they just need to beat the Colts and they'll be okay, or are they going to have to figure out a way to, to beat one of the top two teams in the NFC? I think they can get away with just one win um, for playoff stuff, but I mean, obviously, the more the merrier, especially with Christmas season. Um, we don't know. The Vikings, obviously, coming off the, the greatest cynical comeback ever, so we'll see how they come into this game and, and what their adrenaline is. Freezing cold in Minneapolis, indoor stadium, uh, blizzard in, in that part of the country. <laughs> um, but then the Colts, too. I mean, it was very interesting watching that game, getting to see both future opponents and, and what kind of they did there. And then Eagles, who knows who going to be on the field for that, so that's even a possible win. Uh, yeah, exactly. The Eagles may literally have nothing at all to play for. They may have clinched uh, everything, and they probably will have clinched everything there is yeah. to clinch by uh, by that game, but with a bye, we'll see what they what they do with it. It's going to be interesting. So, Charlotte, I mean, just for people that don't know, I mean, like that has to be a brutal game to cover last night when it ends at 11.30 on a road game. That, that's got to be, not that anyone's crying for someone covering an NFL game, but that, that's got to be a rough one last night. Yeah, I mean, Coming from the college basketball world where I was used to 10 p.m.-ish tips at Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament, mm-hmm. this, was, this was rough just given the length of the game and you don't get into the locker room, or locker room until close to midnight. I don't even think I got back to my uh, like seat on press row to start writing until 1230, 1 o'clock. Um, and then getting back to the hotel, I think I filed my story probably 4 or 4.30 just with, with travel and, and things like that. So yeah, I'm going on three hours of sleep, but can't complain. It's a it's a really cool job, and especially when it works out where the story is really easy to tell, like with Kayvon Thibodeau's last night last night. It's a lot easier to to write that and get a good story out of it, and it kind of fuels you and makes you excited to stay up late. And uh, then all the coffee from the day helps too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they go inject it right into your veins uh, today. I can't imagine uh, today was uh, nearly as interesting uh, for the beat writers of the Washington uh, team today who lost that game. Uh, last night, and they had to write a bunch of, uh, you know, they didn't call pass interference stories all day, so that's probably not quite as uh, fun as what you got to do. All right, well, hopefully you get a good night's sleep uh, tonight. If we don't talk to you in the next couple weeks, uh, happy holidays, and uh, I'm sure we'll be touching base again before the end of the season. Thanks so much for having me on, and happy holidays. All right, that is Charlie Carroll of The Athletic. Does a great job with Dan Duggan uh, covering this Giants team this year. With that, we'll take a break. The 4-1-1 in the three one five, which is a look around the rest of the league. And Bill's talk, 3.30, Dan Fates from Wham in Rochester. And that's all as we roll along here through the second hour of the 315. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.